0: Rejection. Everyone has had to deal with it at some point in their life. But how many get rejected and think about killing over it? I'm Bill Swafford and this is Murderers in Ohio. Buckeye State. The case I'm going to talk about in this episode of Murderers in Ohio happened in October 2017 in Lawrence County, Ohio. I'm having a hard time figuring out how I want to start this off. I had a question as soon as I looked at the very first article about this case and started reading it. So I guess I will start there. very first article that I come across about this case is from October of 2021. The title of this article was something like, Man Sexually Rejected, Kills 4, Death Sentence Upheld. So the title caught my attention, so I took a look at the article. It was an article about the Supreme Court upholding a death sentence that was handed down by the state of Ohio. Now, as soon as I read the first paragraph, I was confused. I thought there was some kind of editing error. first paragraph was about the Supreme Court's decision to uphold the death sentence that was handed down to a Lawrence County man for killing his cousin and three other family members. I had to stop at that moment. I thought about the title of the article and then read the first paragraph again, yet yeah, it said cousin and family members. Like I said, my first thought Editing error. Someone made a mistake, wrote in cousin instead of girlfriend, something like that. Writing errors sometimes go unnoticed by writers all the time. We see it with articles on the internet daily. So at this point, I don't really fully read the article. I just scan over it. Then I found a couple of more articles, scan over them. Maybe it wasn't an error. The case got my attention, and I needed to know more. With doing this podcast, I've been coming across small towns that I've never heard of. I guess I need to get out more. This case happened in a town that I've never heard of in Lawrence County. Lawrence County is at the southern tip of Ohio, at the point where Ohio meets Kentucky and West Virginia. There is a small community in Lawrence County called Pedro, Ohio. Pedro, Ohio would be considered a village or township, a village being a community not big enough to be considered a town or city. Only 2,300 residents call Pedro home. A community this small, there isn't a high crime rate. It's a community where you know everyone, or at least know who should be where. The Pedro community sits on State Route 93. The area is surrounded by hills and woods. At first look, it appears to be a peaceful place to live. Todd Holson and his wife, Stacy, were residents of Pedro. Todd and his wife, Stacy, had only been married for six months. The Holsons had a house trailer on State Route 93. The Holsons have two sons, an eight-year-old that we will call D.H., and a two-year-old son. Todd is average height, with a heavy build, shaved head and some facial hair. He had a job in Maysville, Kentucky over an hour and a half away from his home. There's not a lot of good job opportunities in Lawrence County area. This is basically the Appalachian area. Stacy stood a little shorter than Todd. She had brown shoulder length hair. She was 24 years old and a stay at home mom to their boys. Sounds like a decent family in a small community. Stacy's parents, Tammy and Donald McGuire lived less than a half a mile away. Tammy's sister, Stacy's aunt, lived next door to the McGuires. So, Stacy had family close by, and it's nice to have family close and have people around that you could depend on. Stacy's aunt had a son that lived with her. His name is Aaron Lawson. People have pronounced this name differently. Some say the traditional way of saying it, Aaron. I say Aaron because of the way it's spelled. It's spelled A-R-R-O-N. To me, that's more like A-R-O-N. So that's what I'm going to use. A-R-O-N Lawson was 24 years old. He had medium-length dark hair and is about 5'10 or so. He was third child out of five. His mom had five kids with five different dads. Lawson would regularly stop by the Holson home. He would hang out with Stacy and sometimes watch the kids. This is normal. there are cousins who hang out all the time. Lawson was at the Holson home on October 10th. It was just Stacy and Lawson with the kids. Todd had gotten home around seven that evening. Stacy had asked Todd to take Lawson home. Todd did what he was asked to do, and on his way to Lawson's house, he could tell that Lawson was upset about being asked to go home. On the morning of October 11th, 2017, Todd left for work at 4.30 in the morning. Stacey and the kids would still be sleeping. D.H. wouldn't get on the bus till later in the morning. It started off like a normal day for the Holson family. Todd would be at work. Young D.H. would be in his classroom sitting with his classmates. 24-year-old Stacey would be at home taking care of her two-year-old son. Over an hour and a half away, Todd spent his day at work. Todd had spent most of his day wandering about his wife Stacy because he noticed that Stacy had made no attempts to contact him throughout the day. Todd had made an attempt to call Stacy, but got no answer. I'm guessing that Todd had made more than one attempt to call his wife. I say this because Todd had decided to call his in-laws. Todd asked his mother in law, Tammy McGuire, to check on her daughter, his wife, Stacy. Tammy agreed to check on her daughter, and once she was at the Holson home, she gave Todd a call. The house trailer was locked. Stacy was not answering the door or her cell phone. Todd gave his mother in law permission to force her way into the home. Todd remained on the phone as Tammy made her way into the house. Todd was still listening to what was happening over the phone when he heard his mother-in-law say, Oh my God. And that was followed by a loud noise and then the phone went quiet. I'm assuming around this time Todd was on his way home. I say this because of the time that he got to the house trailer. But before Todd had gotten home, he had called his father-in-law, Donald. Todd explained to Donald what was going on and Tammy had Already went over to check on Stacy, but something had happened. Something was wrong. Todd didn't stay on the phone with his father-in-law. Donald had never called Todd back. And I'm thinking at some point, Todd's phone had went dead. It's just something I'm assuming, I guess. But I'm pretty sure that his phone had gone dead at some point in time. Todd had finally made it home around 7, and as soon as he was out of his truck took off running into his home. As soon as Todd was through his front door he was attacked. At first Todd didn't realize he was attacking him with a knife. Todd got stabbed repeatedly and Todd started to wrestle around with the individual. Todd knocked the knife away and the two had fallen on the couch. Todd realized that he had been wrestling around with Aaron Lawson. Todd asked what Lawson was doing then Todd asked about Stacy and his kids. Lawson told Todd that Stacy and the kids were in the bedroom and that they were all right. The two of them got up and Todd forced Lawson out of the house. Todd went and checked on his two year old son, who he had found unharmed. Then Todd went and looked around the rest of his home. Todd found Tammy's body laying in the laundry area and then he made his way to the bedrooms. Todd got to D.H.'s room. That's where he found the bodies of Stacy and her dad, Donald. Todd took his two-year-old son and had left the house. Lawson was nowhere to be seen. Todd made it to the McGuire home, and that is where he used Tanny's brother's phone to call 911. While Todd was at the McGuire home, he noticed something else was wrong. D.H. was not there. He was supposed to be there. Stacy had sent a note to school with D.H. The note instructed the school to change D.H.'s bus route. D.H. was supposed to be dropped off at his grandparents' house, the McGuire's home. The bus never stopped at the McGuire home. Law enforcement showed up at the Holston home and discovered a horrifying scene. They already had a person of interest, somebody they needed to talk to, A. Ron Lawson. Law enforcement already figured that Lawson had stolen the truck when he had left the Holton home. The manhunt would begin. Law enforcement took to social media. They posted a picture of Lawson that said he was a person of interest and could possibly be dangerous. At the same time they were looking for Lawson, they were also looking for 8-year-old D.H. An Amber Alert would be put out for the 8-year-old. I cannot even imagine what Todd was feeling at this time, or even thinking. His wife and in-laws had been murdered, and no one had any idea where his son, D.H., was at. And the person that the cops wanted to talk to about all this, Todd had let out of the house. Law enforcement had the unfortunate task of going through the crime scene to piece together what happened. Later that evening, law enforcement had gotten a break, police spotted the stolen truck, and Lawson was driving. Lawson had no plans of stopping and going to jail. There was a short police chase up till the time that Lawson crashed into a guardrail. Lawson had gotten out of the truck and took off on foot into the woods. I said earlier that this area is hilly and has lots of woods, woods that are thick and dangerous. Only someone from the area could make it their way around these woods in Lawrence County. The manhunt for A. Ron Lawson would continue. The next day, October 12th, law enforcement was still processing the crime scene. On this day, they started to remove Donald's body. I have a question right here. Why did it take so long to remove Donald's body? I ask this to someone who is unfamiliar with the process of removing bodies from the crime scene. As the body of Donald was being moved out of the D.H.'s room, they continued processing the crime scene. That is when they found another horrifying discovery. Eight-year-old D.H. had been shot to death. He was laying by a dresser and had been covered up with a pile of dirty clothes. This would only intensify the search for Lawson. This was someone who needed to be locked up. I'm sure the crime scene had left law enforcement with a lot of questions. What would drive a person to kill four people, one being an eight-year-old? Todd Holson had to be wondering why Lawson was even at his home in the first place. He had to be kicking himself in the butt for letting Lawson go. The manhunt lasted for three days, and everyone was about to get their answers. Or at least some answers. Lawson had come walking out of the woods. Lawson stood on the side of the road and waited for law enforcement to drive by. Law enforcement finally had Aaron Lawson in custody. It would only take two hours for Lawson to start giving them some answers in an hour-long confession. Lawson was asked why he had turned himself in. Lawson's answer was that he was hungry and he had no way to survive. He didn't think that he had any other option. It wasn't because he was feeling bad. He was hungry. Law enforcement needed to know what happened at the Holson home on October 11th. They wanted to know why Lawson was at the Holson home and why he had ran. Lawson explained that his cousin Stacy and him had had a sexual relationship. This relationship ended a week before the murders or on October 10th the night before. And only two people would know that, one would be Lawson and one would be Stacy, who we can't get the answer from. Lawson had said that the sexual relationship had been going on for around six months, about the length of time Todd and Stacy had been married. Lawson had even told his mom that he was in love with Stacy Lawson couldn't handle the rejection. A lot of us don't understand a situation like this. Most of us don't consider falling in love with our cousins. But it does happen. Law enforcement wanted Lawson to tell them what happened the day of October 11th. Todd Holson had left for work at 4.30. A half hour later, Lawson made his way into the home through a window of a spare room. The day before, October 10th, Lawson had propped the window open with the book. That there proves that Lawson had planned to do something. Plus the fact that Lawson had brought a bag full of stuff to commit the murders and thanks to help him on his getaway. So this wasn't something that was just done out of blind rage. Lawson had gone into the home with a 20-gauge shotgun. He also had a bag full of stuff. He had stuff like a ski mask, bag of bullets, zip ties, blue tarp, toilet paper, and other things to commit and survive after the crime. Put together all that stuff takes time and thought. This wasn't something that was done. Like I said, it ain't blind rage. This wasn't a spur of the moment. This was thought out. Once Lawson was in the home, He hid behind a Christmas tree for three and a half hours. D.H. would eventually get on the bus to go to school. It had to be difficult to stay quiet for that long. A person has to move and stretch after a while. I bring this up because something made Stacy go into that spare room. Did she hear something and go check out what it was? Did she need something out of the room? Stacy had gone to the spare room and that's when Lawson came out of his hiding place. Lawson shot Stacy three times. Lawson then dragged Stacy's body into DH's room. Coroner said that the three shots literally destroyed Stacy's heart and lungs. Once Lawson had Stacy in DH's room, he put Stacy's body onto a futon. Lawson then raped the lifeless body of Stacy. Lawson had disposed of the condom that he had used in the kitchen trash can. Law enforcement did find the used condom in the trash. Lawson had gone back to DH's room, took Stacy's body off the futon, then used the futon mattress and blanket to cover up Stacy's body. There is a possibility that Lawson abused Stacy's corpse up to three times. One thing I can never wrap my mind around is why do people have sex with dead bodies. This creeps me out. This is an actual thing that some people think about. Law enforcement had a question for Lawson. A good question. Why didn't Lawson stop there? Why did other people have to suffer? Lawson said it had to be done to cover up what he had done to Stacey. I don't buy that. There was plenty enough time to destroy evidence and leave the home before anyone got there and found out what happened. Todd wouldn't be home till around 7 in the evening. D.H. was supposed to be dropped off at his grandparents. Lawson did not have to go farther than what he had already done. Instead of leaving the Holson home, Lawson made a call with Stacy's cell phone. Lawson called D.H.'s school and acted as though he was D.H.'s dad. Lawson had told the school to make sure that D.H. was dropped off at home and not his grandparents. The school noticed Stacy's number on the caller ID and thought the call was legit. They wouldn't make sure that the bus dropped D.H. off at his home. How did Lawson know that D.H. was supposed to be dropped off at his grandparents? Bigger question, why not just leave the kid alone? What is the thought process of bringing a child to a home? When you had done killed his mom. Young D.H. did not deserve what Lawson had done to him. Lawson stayed at the Holston home throughout the morning and afternoon. But Lawson wasn't alone. and Stacy's two-year-old son was still in the house. Lawson took care of the child. Lawson fed him and changed his diapers. He even put the child down for a nap. Law enforcement asked why Lawson didn't do anything to the two-year-old. Lawson explained that he had felt a connection with the child, he had taken care of the child before. Where was his connection with D.H.? D.H. was dropped off to the house around 4 in the afternoon. Lawson was waiting for D.H. as soon as he walked into the house. Lawson and D.H. sat down in the living room. They talked about D.H.'s school day. Then D.H. started asking questions about his parents. Lawson couldn't take all the questions. Lawson asked DH if he wanted to play the PlayStation 3. Lawson said he had hooked one up in DH's room. The two of them went into the bedroom to play video games. DH was looking behind a dresser when Lawson shot DH three times in the back. Lawson left DH where he had fallen and just covered up the body with dirty clothes. I'm thinking that D.H. was looking behind a dresser for the PlayStation. I say this because law enforcement did not find any PlayStation in the home. Coroners say that the gunshots at DH D.H.'s back destroyed the upper parts of his arm and heart. This is where I like to point out that Lawson still had time to leave. This is something that causes me to say that I don't believe he did all of this just to cover up what he had done to Stacy. There was no reason for Lawson to do what he had done to D.H. Calling school and getting D.H.'s bus route changed. That took thought and waiting. Lawson said that at some point he was in the main bedroom. I take this to be Todd's and Stacy's room. While he was in this room, he heard someone trying to force their way in. He had the doors and windows locked. Lawson had gone and hid behind the door with a 20-gauge shotgun. As soon as Tammy made her way into the home, Lawson shot her twice. Lawson then dragged Tammy's body to the laundry area. He then searched Tammy's body for her truck keys that he took. Lawson had gone outside and moved Tammy's truck to the back of the house. Then Lawson had gone back into the home. So at this point, Lawson had murdered three people and now he has a getaway vehicle. So why doesn't he leave? I don't believe Lawson wanted to leave the house. I believe he was waiting for Todd to get home. There's a chance he was waiting to also kill Todd. To make the crime scene out as a murder-suicide. Have it look like Todd was the murderer and then he killed himself. There was no reason for what... He had done to DH. What Lawson did to Tammy could have been avoided if Lawson had just left the house. The last murder victim could have been avoided if Lawson would have just left the house. Lawson had noticed someone trying to get into the back door. It was Donald. He was checking on his wife and daughter. Donald couldn't get into the back door, so he walked around to the front of the home. I'm sure that Donald was upset and freaking out at this point. He had to be truly worried about his wife and daughter. Once to the front door, Donald used his shoulder to force open the door. Donald had gotten into the home and then he was shot three times by Lawson. Lawson had dragged Donald's body into DH's bedroom. That couldn't have been an easy task. Corners said that Donald was shot with two different types of bullets. His wife, Tammy, had received a shot through the back of the neck, and the bullet had gone out her mouth. Lawson didn't have much time to get his head straight after dragging Donald's body to DH's room. Plus, he was out of ammo. Ten to twenty minutes after Donald got there, Dot had pulled up to his home. This is why I think Todd was already on his way home when he had called Donald. Lawson only had a pocket knife, but he was waiting on the other side of the door. As soon as Todd entered the house, Lawson then attacked and repeatedly stabbed Todd. He'd stabbed Todd 11 times. The two rustled around, and Todd overpowered Lawson. Todd had forced the knife out of Lawson's hand, which left cuts on Lawson's hand. The two had fallen on the couch and had exchanged words. Todd had said that there had been a lot of robberies in the area, And he thought that his house was getting robbed. Lawson told Todd that Stacy and the kids were in the bedroom and that they were all right. Then the two of them got up and Lawson was forced out of the home. Once outside of the house, Lawson got into a truck and took off. Lawson said that he had planned on running. He had planned to be on the run for a while. He had a bag of stuff that would help him survive on the run. Lawson said that he had forgotten the bag at the house. Lawson didn't forget the bag. He was forced out of the house without it because he couldn't finish off what he had planned to do. He wasn't successful in killing Todd. Law enforcement did find the bag of stuff that Lawson was talking about at the home. Lawson also said that he didn't take the gun because he didn't want to hurt anyone else, which I think is also a lie. Lawson was using the knife on Todd because there was no more ammo. And once again, he was forced out of the home without anything. So unless he was planning on buying more ammo, the gun was useless. I want to point out that the murders and the attack on Todd lasted for 12 hours. Law enforcement talked with Lawson about the police chase and crashing the truck into a guardrail. Law enforcement had asked Lawson if he had shoplifted the stuff that they had found in the truck. Lawson had acted as though he was insulted by being accused of being a shoplifter, even though he was a murderer, and the stuff that was found in the truck was bought with money that he had taken from the Holston home. Law enforcement did investigate the truck after Lawson had crashed it and then took off on foot. Law enforcement had found several pieces of evidence in the truck. There were blood stains in the truck, bloody clothes, and some receipts from Taco Bell and Walmart. The receipt places Lawson at Walmart around 8 p.m., the same day of the murders. Lawson had bought some clothes, a DVD player, and some movies. I guess he figured that he would have enough time for movies while he was on the run. Lawson said he had spent two cold nights in the woods. He had no vehicle, no food, and no way to stay warm. He knew that he had no choice but to turn himself in. With Lawson in custody, it was time for the DA to form a case against Aaron Lawson. Lawson did have some trouble from the past. His lawyers said that Lawson was abused as a child. Lawson had abandonment issues. Lawson had once tried to attack a neighbor with a knife. Lawson was arrested and put into a mental institution. Lawson's attorney would use Lawson's so-called mental issues as a defense strategy. Lawson was indicted on four counts of aggravated murder. At first, Lawson had pled not guilty. Shortly after the trial started, Lawson had changed his plea to guilty. Even with the guilty plea, there still had to be a sentencing trial because this is a death penalty case against lawyer's advice Lawson waived his right to a jury trial. Lawson said that he had changed his plea to guilty to avoid a trial. Lawson did not want his family and the family of the victims to hear what happened on October 17th and hear the fucked up things that were going to be said about him. I do want to mention a little side note, the coroner said that even though that all four had received fatal wounds, none had died right away. Lawson was sentenced in 2019. The family of the victims declined to give a victim impact statement. Lawson had told the judge and prosecutor that they had did a good job in his final statement. He said that he had voted for them. The state of Ohio handed down the death sentence. While in prison, Lawson has said that he only felt bad about what happened to DH. Then he also bragged about how good of a shot that he was. In October 2021, Lawson was in front of the Supreme Court. Lawson's appearance had changed. His dark hair is now short. He had grown out a full beard. Lawson was trying to appeal his death sentence. His lawyers argued that There was no mental evaluation done before the death sentence was handed down. In the state of Ohio there is a law that anyone with severe mental problems cannot be executed by the state. The court ruled that what was done to the eight-year-old and other factors outweighed the fact that there was no evaluation done. I agree with that. After everything I've read about this case I have to say there was a lot of thought put into it. This wasn't somebody in a blind rage and things like that. I think everything here outweighs any kind of mental issues that they claim that he had. The DA says that there was no real evidence of a relationship between Stacy and Lawson. But they definitely knew that Stacy had rejected Lawson for something for some reason. Stacy would be the only one besides Lawson that could tell us more about what happened and what set Lawson off. Lawyers argued that Lawson had repeatedly asked for help throughout his life, but no one would listen. The Supreme Court decided to uphold the death sentence that was given to Lawson. They set an execution date for Lawson in January of 2026. Thanks for listening to this episode of Murderers in Ohio. Please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you like a good e-book, then go to Barnes & Nobles and check out Guns or Mental Health by William Swafford. In this e-book, I talk about some of the mental health restrictions when it comes to guns and background checks. So, once again, go to BarnesandNobles.com check out Guns or Mental Health by William Swafford. This podcast and music was put together by William Swafford.